Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Well... I can't say I want to still be, well, you know what, maybe I should hesitate to say that. Do I want to be doing the nightcap when I'm 60 like they're talking about? It's a long time from now. This will be almost three years that I've been doing the nightcap. That's going to be coming up in the next week. I think I've been doing it about as long as Ryan Gates did it. Saw Ryan Gates last night. We're on the same hockey team. He's doing well for those that don't. Keep up with him on Twitter, social media. And I think he plays a part in the topic that I want to talk about tonight. I'll get to that in a second. It's the nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. No Brendan Keeney tonight. He's filling in for uh, WBEN very early this morning, so... No need for him to have to stick around. It would have been like 16 hours for him. So he headed home. Just got me tonight on the show. But we'll talk to you. We'd like to have you on as well. 803-0550 is the phone number. Some good hockey on right now. Tampa Bay and Carolina. I did not have a score update for you there in the update because I did not have it on my computer screen. And they were in commercial break. Game 5 between Carolina and Tampa Bay. Um, that's going on right now on NBCSN, and I believe it's scoreless. It is still scoreless. Five minutes to go in the first period. A really good hockey night. This series, I wish, was a little more competitive because I think these are two of the best teams in the league. Carolina, just historically underrated. Tampa Bay, a juggernaut. And tonight, you've got Colorado and Vegas, so you've got some really good hockey tonight. Good playoff action between both sports right now, the NHL and the NBA. And speaking of the NBA, Nikola Jokic has been named the MVP 
of the National Basketball Association. That coming in in the last hour. Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. My Denver Nuggets, by the way. Been a fan of theirs since Mello, since Carmelo. Drafted there out of Syracuse. I became a Nuggets fan because of Carmelo Anthony. But didn't like the way he left. I'd been a fan for a couple of years. I was a kid. Was not a huge basketball fan, but I would have considered myself a Nuggets fan. And he wanted out. And it was ugly. And I decided to stick with the team rather than stick with the player. And I've been a Nuggets fan really ever since. And it's allowed me, and I'm glad, I'm I'm so happy that I was a Nuggets fan. Because it allowed me to see one of the most unique career trajectories in sports history. Nikola Jokic, who if you do not watch a lot of basketball or do not watch a lot of Denver Nuggets basketball, and especially if you do not watch Denver Nuggets basketball early in Jokic's career because they were bad and nobody would have been doing that other than Denver, Colorado, it's amazing. It is unbelievable. It's unreal that that guy has reached the pinnacle of the sport to where he's being declared the best in the world as the league's MVP. Someone that watched Nugget games, not every Nuggets game, but all their nationally televised games, once in a while games that were not on national TV. That guy, when he first arrived, it's like you just, you couldn't believe he was in the league. What was he good at? Just looking at him. Aesthetically. It's the ugliest form of basketball. You Aesthetically. It's, just, it's so bad. There's no good athleticism there. He's not fast. He can't jump. He... <laughs> what? Like, I mean... There's just... There's not a lot of athleticism there. He's a kind of a mopey... Uh, you know... What, what do I want to be here without being too critical, too mean to him? Because he was a professional athlete. He did not look like a professional athlete. He didn't. He looked like he had no business being on the court. And he's developed into this odd, weird player that like you watch that and you just think that can't be the best player on the court. His feet barely leave the ground. You know, he moves at half speed. But because he's seven two or whatever he is, and every, he just he has this way of seeing the court and operating his offense and the the shot he's developed over time to where he's a good three point shooter and he's a great mid range shooter and he throws these little floaters in the air that look incredibly awkward. Again, it's a lot of it is the eye test. You look at him and you think, I can't believe what he's doing is finding its way into the hoop. And watching his career, I think for me, and I'd love to get some calls on this, get some tweets on this, if anyone can find a better answer to knock my personal favorite for this question off. But it has me wondering what athlete's career has surprised you the most, good good or bad. Because that guy in Denver... That 7-2, unathletic-looking guy from Serbia 
became the best basketball, one of the best basketball players in the world, and arguably the best basketball player in the world, and he has won the MVP of the entire league. For a small market team, by the way. That is as impressive a feat as you are going to find. And the reason I mentioned Ryan Gates at the beginning of the show, not the reason, but one reason is Ryan quit this job because of Josh Allen. Like, he just couldn't do it. Like, no way. That guy is going to stink. He's going to be terrible. And that thought resided in a lot of us. Me included. I thought there was an incredible chance. I thought the chances were better than not that Josh Allen was not going to be the Bills franchise quarterback. It's nowhere near the same level as Nikola Jokic in Denver, who surprised the hell out of me with his development because that guy had none of the physical tools. He had one. He had the height. That was it. But he has just developed his craft to be so unique to into something that works in his sport. And Josh Allen was not that. Josh Allen was eye test. You looked at him on the field, especially in shorts and a t-shirt in that pre-draft process, and you just would think to yourself, that guy is good at football. There's no way that guy is not good at football. In fact, it's the complete opposite of Jokic. But it was the same type of mindset in that you had a lot of people thinking, there's just no way that can work. There's no way that can work. Even when both guys started getting pretty good. I remember as a Nuggets fan, when Jokic first started getting good, I thought, all right, when's this end? You know, this is like Jeremy Lin with the Knicks, right? Like at some point, this is going to fall back to earth. He's not this good. And then the next year, it's like, he's not this good, is he? And then the next year, it's like, he's not really an all-star, is he? And then it's, he's not really a franchise-level player. He's not a top-10 player, is he? And then it's, he's not an MVP, is he? And he just is. And Allen, as he's taken those steps, that's been around, more so, I would say, in the national landscape of the league, not here in Buffalo. But you still have that going on nationally. It's... Josh Allen, who came into the league with, to, to be frank, a bad college career at a small school. A precedent that was never set in the NFL. Nobody with that background has ever succeeded in the NFL. So that's where your original doubt crept in. And then, rookie year, it was, he can't run like this, can he? Like, all the time. And then it was year two. Well, he can't be this good short to intermediate all the time, can he? Like, he became a good, if not great, passer within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage in his second year. And you had as many people doubting that that would continue, let alone people saying that it would progress. And then last year happened, and again, I don't think you're going to find a lot of this in this region. But nationally, I'm sure the thought still exists that Josh Allen's not an MVP guy year to year, right? And it's that same level of surprise. It's that same level of being stunned that you just missed the mark, that you can't believe that that happened. And I think Josh Allen can be an answer to this question of 
whose career has really surprised you the most, good or bad? And I'd have to say that, yeah, Josh Allen fits that description. He is, and all credit to him and the Buffalo Bills, because they had the vision to say he could be a statistical anomaly. They said, yeah, this has never happened before. A guy this inaccurate that had this little production at the college level could be this good. But the Bills felt that way. Other teams felt that way. Because the Bills had to move up to seven. So they weren't the only team thinking it by any means. There were other teams. Arizona ends up picking Josh Rosen at 10. Who's to say they would not have Josh Allen as their quarterback right now if the Bills had not leapfrogged them in the NFL draft? And you know the Cardinals were not alone. And the Bills were not alone. There were plenty of teams. The Seahawks. Wasn't there a rumor uh, about a year ago that the Seahawks would have traded Russell Wilson for the first overall pick and they would have used that first overall pick on Josh Allen? Hell, the Seahawks might have liked Josh Allen more than the Bills did. Because I've always doubted that the Bills had Josh Allen one on their board. I've always thought it was Darnold. So, it's not quite to the Jokic level. Because there were believers in Josh Allen. There were no <laughs> believers in Nikola Jokic. And that's why, to me, he's the best answer to this. That he is stunning. It is stunning, his development. Allen, it's stunning to a lot of people, but it's not stunning to everybody. Mel Kuyper had him number one on his draft board in 2018. Mel Kuyper's not stunned. I don't think the Seahawks are stunned. I don't think the Bills are stunned. There's a lot of people that are not. There are probably more that are. There are a lot that are not. So that's why I'm not sure Ryan Gates is stunned. He's definitely one person that is stunned that this has happened with Josh Allen. So I think Jokic is my favorite answer. It's not Allen. It's not Allen. But still... I don't want to make this just about who's surprising you because Allen, it's, how much, how much can you say about it? The development, the, the job the Bills have done, the environment that they have surrounded him with, the commitment Allen has shown, not just, you know, working hard, but working smart, the changes to his mechanics, keeping his arm in that strike zone that he talked about when he did an interview with Chris Sims before the AFC Championship game, getting his throwing motion digitally mapped so that he could figure out what was going wrong and how he could fix it, and how he was no longer throwing a tomahawk motion, but he had a little bit more whip to his arm. I mean, that's not just a guy that's in the, the weight room lifting weights. And that's not just a guy that's just watching film over and over and over. That's a guy that went to extreme measures to figure out what wasn't working and then fix them. That's working smart as much as it is working hard. And that's why I'll never go all the way on saying that the Bills deserve all the credit for develop, developing Josh Allen. Because in part, because of all that work Allen did, especially last offseason, Allen helped develop himself into the quarterback that we see today. And it is why I'm not as afraid as, you know, a lot of people could be when you think about the offensive coordinator and the future of the position of the team if things change, if Stephon Diggs maybe, you know, isn't, 
an elite receiver four years from now, or if Cole Beasley is not here next year, or if they have holes at wide receiver, holes in the offensive line, because that's going to happen at some point. The Bills are not going to be this perfectly constructed roster forever. And when that day comes, when they are not that team, is Allen still going to be as good as we saw last year? And because of the way that he went about improving and not just put his head down and drove forward and just, you know, again, the working smart versus working hard, to me means that he can be that good even when there are holes and when things are not perfect. And maybe the offensive coordinator doesn't know what he's doing if it's a different guy from Brian Dable sometime in the future. And that, to me, is where I'm surprised. The most by Josh Allen. Because, yeah, I would have definitely been surprised that he had the year he had last year, but if you told me when they drafted him that Josh Allen would have a 4,000-yard season, 4,500-yard season, he would have almost 40 touchdowns and the rushing. But then you told me all about who the offensive coordinator was and what the offense was schematically and all of the great wide receivers they had around him and the offensive line. Then my my notion, my, my conception would be to believe that, oh, well, he's that good because everything's perfect around him. But again, I think the way Allen has gone about improving himself, you can't say that. And that to me is what maybe is most surprising about Allen's development uh, in the last couple of years. So he's my, maybe my number two answer to this question, but he is not my number one because Nikola Jokic, man, is just, he he looks like, you know what it is? I read about this a co- like a week ago or two weeks ago. Jokic looks, he looks like he's playing the, the, the sport a little bit different, like his arms move a little bit differently when he's shooting. And it's because he played water polo growing up. He played water polo, a sport that I've only seen maybe a couple times, every four or five, four to eight years um, when it comes to the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. That's it. That's my experience of watching water polo is in the Olympics. And I guess that's what is it, What why he plays it that way. He, like, is straight up, and that's because I imagine water polo, like, you've got to be, like, arms up in the air to get above the water. So it's just – it's hilarious sometimes watching him play and how dominant he is the way he looks playing. So Jokic winning the MVP, he's my answer. But, man, Josh Allen, to me, has been a surprise uh, over the last couple of years. I got a couple of Twitter answers on this question. Which athlete's career trajectory surprised you the most? Mark on Twitter says, Brady is too obvious, right? Brady is too obvious. And I was only six uh, when Brady first arrived as a starting quarterback in the league. So, like, yeah, I think Brady would be the number one answer, especially if you answer, ask this nationwide. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to consider Brady for this. A um, couple of other good answers I had. Uh, Martin St. Louis is a good one for hockey. Um, a funny one from Casey Barn, Jeff Tool not working out. That could be that way. Not Tool, I think, is kind of a joke here. But it could be a guy that... It could be a guy that um, didn't turn out. And I'm sure there are guys like that for me. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Who who would I who would I point to that I just was so wrong on them? Like I thought they were gonna be great and they just were not. I don't know. I was a big lossman guy. 
Maybe J.P. Lossman would be my guy for that. I never liked Edwards. I never thought Trent Edwards was going to be all that good. I was never a huge E.J. Manuel fan. I didn't like the pick even when they made it. So I was never a big fan of those guys. So, by the way, it just wasn't just Josh Allen that I doubted coming into the NFL. Uh, Manuel was certainly that for me. Uh, Edwards, I didn't like even from the get-go. Um, Lossman, though, was my guy. I, I thought he was going to be great. He could move. He had the big arm. Just kind of like that, 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 the opposite of what I said with Jokic. Like aesthetically, he just, he looked like he had it to me. Or he had the tools. He had the tools. Then you would see him drop back to pass and he would fumble the ball because he had no pocket awareness. But Lossman would have been the guy that first comes to mind for me. Like I just, I was off on that. Thought he was going to be great. He was not. Uh, Sabres examples I'm sure exist too, but nothing's coming to mind right now. 803-0550 is the phone number. I do want to get to a larger AFC conversation uh, at some point in the next segment, so we'll take some calls when we come back at 803-0550. And then, let's talk about the Ravens. Mike Show, you might have heard us on the afternoon show, going back and forth a little bit earlier on the Ravens. Mike loves the Ravens, and rightfully so. Best point differential in the league in the last couple of years Their formula has worked for the last couple of seasons, at least in the regular season. But there seems to be a bit of a shift in Baltimore as to what they're trying to do with their quarterback. Or at least they're talking like there's going to be a shift. And I kind of want to explore the Ravens. Because I I don't think they're considered... They're not on that tier with the Bills even. I wonder, is it is it Chiefs on Tier 1, Bills ch- Tier 2, and then the Ravens and the Browns on Tier 3? I want to explore that. The gap right now between the Bills and the Ravens in the AFC. We'll get to that as well, as well as your calls when we come back here on the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. He's been fantastic in the meeting room with the quarterbacks. He's a professional. You know, he's been through a lot in his career, you know, with 50 games. He's played a lot of football. This is a brand new system for him. We're excited to have him. He's been a really good addition, not just in the quarterback room, but I'd say on the offense and the team in general. He's got a good way about him. You go from one team to the next, and the terminology is all different. You know, we're just trying to ask him right now to to make sure he's got things that he needs to have down, the playbook, the audibles. He's got a lot of, I'd say, freedom. He's got to learn how to use it the way he needs to use it, you know, when he's playing. Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable on Mitchell Trubisky, who is a Buffalo Bill, in case you've forgotten. Trubisky would be an answer to our question of the night here. Athlete that you have been most surprised by his career trajectory. I imagine this would happen more with Chicago fans. But, you know, of course, a guy goes second overall. There are going to be lots of people that are stunned that He's a backup quarterback within four years. Is it four years? This is fourth year in the league, fifth year in the league. Um, I am interested in Trubisky. I wrote about Trubisky coming to the Bills maybe a month, two months before it happened. As I, I wanted that for the Bills. I always thought it was a good idea. By the way, Joe DiBiase here on the nightcap, 803-0550 for your phone calls. But anyways, it, it you just you had to have an upgrade. You had to have an upgrade because... Love Matt Barkley. The 
the towel or the the coat spin on the sideline to renegade uh, in the in the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh a couple years ago, running down to the end zone when the defense scores touchdowns. Like Matt Barkley was a fan favorite. He became a fan favorite. Big Bitcoin guy, by the way, as someone that is a uh, into cryptocurrencies. Uh, Matt Barkley, too. Re- way to represent the area on that. He wanted, I think, to be paid in cryptocurrencies. I'm not sure if that ever actually ended up happening. Anyways, I liked Matt Barkley. Bills fans liked Matt Barkley. But if Josh Allen were to go down with an injury, it doesn't have to be season-ending. Because season-ending, I think, if Allen, knock on wood, this will never happen. If Allen goes down with a season-ending injury, the Bills' expectations are no longer Super Bowl. They just can't be. They can't be Super Bowl. They can be playoffs. They can be, let's have a season here. Let's hope we get lucky and maybe win a couple of playoff games. But I don't care who your backup quarterback is, you're not winning a Super Bowl. And, and the, again, it's happened one, two times, two times. Hostetler, Nick Foles. You can't bank on that happening. But if Allen were to go down with an injury for a five, six, seven, eight week stretch, do you have a guy that can keep the ship afloat. And I love Matt Barkley, but I don't think he was that player. Way too turnover prone. He got time to play with the Chicago Bears. He got time to play in limited moments with the Buffalo Bills. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I respect the mindset of I can make any throw on the field. Matt Barkley could not make any throw on the field. And he had the mentality that he could. He had that gunslinger mentality. And it's the reason why in 363 career pass attempts... He has twice as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. 11 touchdowns to 22 interceptions. That is not sustainable. It's not. Even in this offense, which is perfectly built for any quarterback to come in and be reasonably good. I think if Allen were to be out for half a season, if he were to miss eight weeks, what are, depending, I mean, the Bills' games and matchups would obviously depend on this too, but what are the Bills' and Matt Barkley for half a season? I mean... You're lucky if you're 3-5, and five, I think. And very realistically, you could be 2-6. and six. I just think everything breaks down offensively if Matt Barkley is your quarterback. And I think Mitch Trubisky is worth a couple of wins more. I think if, the, if Allen were to miss half this season, I would still pick the Bills to win the division. Give me Josh Allen for nine games and give me... A Bills-led Trubis- a Trubisky-led Bills team for eight games. 
I think the Bills are still the division winners. I don't think they're competing with the Chiefs of the one seed, but I think they're still the AFC's champs. What are they under Trubisky for eight games? I think you're 500 minimum. He was a 500 quarterback with the Bears. He was okay. He was not anywhere near the franchise quarterback they were projecting him to be. But I mentioned Matt Barkley's career stats, 11 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Trubisky has 64 touchdowns and 37 interceptions. You have a very wild gap between the two when it comes to touchdown-interception ratio. And by the way, they both played for the Bears for the massive part of their careers. 29-21 and 21 was Trubisky's record with the Bears. And I would argue that the Bills' situation for a quarterback right now is better for a quarterback than that Chicago Bears team was. It was an okay setup in Chicago, right? Especially that second year when they went 11 and or 12 and 3, 11 and 3, whatever they went. Trubisky went 11 and 3. That's why I'm off on the record there. They had an elite defense and they had a pretty good offense. He had a very good number one wide receiver in Allen Robinson. That's about it in terms of weapons up front. But you had the defense and you had one great wide receiver. Pretty good setup. And in that time, again, Trubisky was an above 500 quarterback. On this Bills team, with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Gabe Davis, and Dawson Knox, and the offensive line, and the scheme that Brian Dable has drawn up to make it incredibly easy for the quarterback to just come in and make easy throws. They would have to take part of the offense out because there are things that Allen does that no other quarterback can do. And there's a lot of downfield types of routes that I think you would have to probably eliminate. But the rushing, you wouldn't have to eliminate. Trubisky, since he entered the league, is 7th in the NFL in rushing yards for quarterbacks. All that to say, that I think the Bills are a winning team, even with Mitch Trubisky in the lineup. And that is why it made all the sense in the world to make him their backup quarterback. And I'm very happy they did it. And... Maybe we'll see him at the end of the year. You got that Week 17 game against Atlanta, the Week 18 game against the Jets. The Week 18 game against the Jets would be the most likely uh, game for him to play. But, man, if the Bills are playing for the one seed, uh, if they're down to the wire with the Chiefs in that final game, then maybe Trubisky doesn't ever see the field uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So, I've got curiosity. He'll make the preseason curious, by the way. That's another reason I'm happy. Because if it's, yeah, again, love Barkley, but, I, you know, I'm not... I'm not sticking around to watch preseason games to see what Matt Barkley looks like. Trubisky, just the, the curiosity of seeing him in a Bills uniform and performing even in a preseason will make the preseason more interesting. Um, so I'm glad that for that reason that's happening too. Anyways, where was I? 803-0550 is the phone number. We were talking about the biggest surprises in sports uh, that you have seen. Justin tweeted in uh, with Patrick Laine. Uh, he's been relatively good though, so I don't know, that's not a huge surprise, like he's, he's a goal scorer, and that's about it, I mean, yeah, maybe he could be better, but I, I don't love that one, Joe chimed in with Andrew Luck, people think he was gonna be a Hall of Famer, win multiple Super Bowls, um, the injuries, man, I mean, I, I don't wanna say Andrew Luck for this either, because that was kind of out of anybody's control, of course it was a massive surprise when he retired, but as a player, he was great. The Colts just couldn't surround him with any sort of talent. It's funny, by the way, that, and really a lot of it was their GM. Ryan Grigson was just one of the worst general managers we've ever seen in the NFL. 
and Luck kept him employed because he was so good. And the team was never bad enough for that guy to get fired. And they never surrounded Andrew Luck with a good defense, a good offensive line, good weapons. Finally, they do it. And he's not there to, to enjoy it. So, I don't like Andrew Luck for this either. Uh, Jeff Skinner is a guy that went backwards after the contract. Um, Skinner's a good one for this. And then Neil with Tom Brady again. Tom uh, Kurt Warner, too, from John. That's a good one. Kurt Warner, if you're going to rank these guys all time for this, I think Kurt Warner might even be, well, you'd have to put Brady maybe one, but Kurt Warner might be uh, number two. 803 is the phone number if you got an answer to this question. I do want to get to the Baltimore Ravens. We might as well do that here. Um, one news item, though, to get to before that, Julio Jones and the Titans have announced that he'll be wearing number two for the team. Julio Jones will be wearing number two for the Tennessee Titans, so you have to get used to that. Um, the Baltimore Ravens. Should they deserve the same respect that the Bills are getting for being a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs? I feel like they should get more credit than they're getting, but they should not get as much credit as the Bills are getting in terms of who's a bigger Super Bowl contender and who's a bigger threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it will always start and end with the style of play. The Bills have built their team around their quarterback's arm. And the Ravens have built their team around their quarterback's legs. And I think Lamar Jackson could be a franchise quarterback as a passer. But Baltimore doesn't seem all that interested in wanting to find out. Or at least they hadn't until this offseason when they chased Kenny Galladay in free agency. They chased Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. They signed Sammy Watkins. They used their first-round pick on Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. They used a fourth-round pick on a sneaky good receiver in the draft, Tylen Wallace. Um, so they've invested in receiver. But they still have a coordinator that has never ranked higher than 29th in the NFL, in pass attempts, and Greg Roman. So, it's believe it, I'll believe it when I see it, for the Ravens and their passing offense. Because without that passing offense, you could tell me right now they'll finish second in the AFC in the regular season, over the Bills. Doesn't mean they're a bigger threat. But maybe they should deserve more credit than they're getting. Because they do have the best point differential in the league in the last couple of years. And... We talk about how they've been beaten by the Chiefs. They've lost three consecutive years to Kansas City, including including last year, a Monday night game, where they got blown out. But it's not like the Bills in their two meetings with the Chiefs last year did all that well. The, the Thursday night game that became a Monday night game, every, all those days are confusing to me where those games ended up. Um, but that Bills-Chiefs game... The first one was not that close. Like it, it, it wasn't a blowout, but Kansas City was in control really from beginning to end. And then the AFC Championship game, the Bills started out hot, and then it just got away from them. And by the second half, I mean, you're going in halftime down nine. I mean, you're you're not in it. Your win probability is not zero, but it's not anywhere near fifty-fifty against that team on the road. So it's not like the Bills have been. In, in dogfights with the Kansas City Chiefs. Trading drives back and forth. They haven't done that yet with them. So, I don't know if I want to consider the Bills an, an 
incredibly more likely to beat Kansas City than the Ravens are. I do think they're more likely, but Baltimore still has the defense. They have the best run game in the NFL, and they're showing some commitment to want to get better at throwing the football. And I don't want to eliminate the possibility that that could happen because I've said this before and I'll say it again. Until we see more evidence of what he can do in a high-volume passing offense, I believe if you put Lamar Jackson in an offense like Kyler Murray runs in Arizona, that he would still be a franchise-level quarterback in the NFL. That he could be a 4,000-plus-yard passer in the NFL. He does have accuracy at all three levels of the field. He can make off-script throws like Josh Allen does. But go look at the tight... You want to look, see a big reason why his his yardage totals and his efficiency is was lower than Allen's was last year and what Mahomes' has been and even what Kyler Murray was in a high-volume passing attack? All of those guys are throwing to open receivers. All of them. The Bills scheme open their receivers and have separators like Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. The Chiefs have separators like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The Cardinals have a spread offense that is designed to get their receivers open. Baltimore is a run team, a run-heavy team, with one fast receiver and just a bunch of guys and a tight end. It's all contested. It's all tight windows. It's harder to play quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens than it is for the Buffalo Bills or the Arizona Cardinals or the Kansas City Chiefs or the LA Rams. There's a lot of these teams in the league. Baltimore is not one of them. And if I were a Ravens fan, I would be furious with my team that why can't I do what the Bills are doing? Why can't I do that? Why can't I try to do that? Look at their quarterback. He's an MVP candidate because of his arm. I Can't we see if our guy can do that? Can we at least find out? We'll see if Baltimore gets there. So, all this to say that maybe they should be close. We should think of them as being a closer team in terms of their caliber of, of an AFC contender to the Bills. But until they can do that, until they can spread it out and they can consistently come back in games where they're down and they can throw the ball 40 times and have a winning record, I'm not going to believe that they are a better team than the Buffalo Bills are. 8030550 is the phone number. Last call in the nightcap after this. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. the area where he has the most to develop in his game is learning how to use that size. I think he's always been one of the bigger players. He's been this size for at least the last couple of years. So in junior hockey and even in the NCAA level, there's not a whole lot of guys that match up with him physically. So it hasn't been a tool that he's had to use to create an advantage because he's so much bigger than everybody else already. So I would say that's one of the biggest areas for growth in his game is learning how to play that physical edge and learning how to use the fact that he is really big to create advantages for himself. That is Bailey Johnson from Smart Scouting with Howard and Sal this morning. It's S-M-A-H-T. I think that has to be it. I'm not trying to be funny here with a Boston accent. I think that's actually how to pronounce it. Um, Owen Power. Got to learn how to use his size a little bit more, according to Bailey. Um, I am not a big Owen Power guy. I know 
He was great at the World Championships, but I'm not going to let I if you if you heard me after the draft lottery, I Owen Power was not my guy. In fact, he wasn't my number top two guys. Luke Hughes is my guy, and if they're gonna go away from a defenseman, I would go with Matthew Beniers. Power is just not my type of defenseman. Now, I think I was a little misguided in thinking and what he was. Because he's not just being drafted because of his physical attributes. He is a great passer. Stretch passes out of his own end. Lugging the puck out himself. Smooth skater. Not a dynamic skater, but a smooth skater. But I still think... The overall, the overarching point of his ceiling is capped compared to Luke Hughes. I think that remains accurate. Hughes has all the makings of being Cal McCarr 2.0. I mean, the odds of him reaching that level are probably not, they're not even 50-50. But I want to take that shot. I want to go for the high ceiling guy. And I want to go for the guy that's 17 years old. In a draft class where we don't think there's an elite talent, let's take the one guy that might be able to get there who has an added year of development than all these other guys. Because in reality, Luke Hughes is almost 2022 draft eligible. He almost shouldn't be eligible for this draft. So you're basically getting to fast forward a year. On the draft process. And that's a risk. Because you can go to Michigan as a freshman and be average. And you look like idiots. But. If he's great. You'll look like geniuses. In taking a risk on a guy that could have the elite potential that you didn't think existed in this draft class. And to me he's the one guy that has the opportunity to to have that. There is no generational talent in this draft class. But if anybody's going to be generational, it's Luke Hughes. It is not Owen Power. That's my thought. All right, well, that's going to do it for me tonight on the Nightcap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow at 7 o'clock. And until then, enjoy your night. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.